We would like to advise that the following program may contain adult themes, occasional nudity, and language that may offend some listeners. Thank God it's... Welcome to the Lindley Evans Music Studio at the ABC in Ultimo for Thank God It's Friday with the music this week from Opera Australia. It's a cast of West Side Story! I'm Richard Glover and let's meet this week's panel, Rebecca De Unamuno, Anthony Aykroyd and Gary Eck. And our audience from Newcastle, Wollongong, Melbourne, Manana, Gosford and Kangaroo Valley. But first, as always, here is the news from nowhere. The TV show Utopia is back on ABC TV this week. Uh, A lot of people love it. I'm not so sure. It's too much like life in a real office. Who who else else here has worked in an office? You poor bastards. Here's how it works. You have a desk placed in a pod with other desks. All your workmates are talking loudly into telephones. You also are talking loudly into a telephone because only by shouting can you hear yourself think. Each workmate has a landline, but also a mobile. These ring at high volume, but only when the person has left their desk to visit the mailroom. At least you always know who's downstairs. If it's Eye of the Tiger, it's Gina. (laughs) You want to get some work done. You really do. But first, you should attend to your emails. Overnight, a further 430 emails have arrived, most of them originating from within your own enterprise. Apparently, the air conditioning in your West Australian subsidiary is on the blink, a calamity which has produced an Australia-wide email alert to which all 25 members of the Perth office have responded using the reply all function during each stage of their ongoing angry heat-affected discussion. You scroll through their emails, hitting the delete button so often your wrist hurts, attempting to retain consciousness, lest amid all this there lurks a single email about something other than the air conditioning crisis in Perth. Getting to the end of the list without finding anything useful and thus understanding that if there was a single email from outside the firm, you must have deleted it in error. (laughs) It's fine. Take a break. Grab a coffee. The coffee is via a pod system. It sits on a bench beneath a large laminated sign saying, please wash up your own dishes. The sign obscured by a towering stack of dirty dishes. The coffee pods cost 25 cents. Please put your money in the dish. Although, strangely enough, the tea bags are free. Enraged by the inefficiencies of your office email system, you select the free tea bag. The one and a half cents this costs the company has, in your mind, become an act of revolutionary dissent. You return to your desk, tea in hand by which time another 373 emails have arrived concerning the Perth air conditioning crisis. (laughs) Plus there are five unattended mobile phones, all ringing loudly. 
By focusing on rich each ringtone in turn, you can deduce that Mike, Gina, Lex and Tran are all in the mailroom. Why are they all in the mailroom? Well, up to a year ago, the post was delivered. But following an efficiency drive, all staff must now fetch their own mail. <laughs> this saved three positions in the mailroom, but required 26 new staff <laughs> to make up for the lost working time while everyone spent hours attending the mailroom. You finish your tea and make your own way to the mailroom, just in case something interesting has arrived. Given the impossibility of communicating with your company by email, it could be that all your contacts have reverted to the post. On the way downstairs, you meet 27 other employees, all making their way to the mailroom. With each person, you follow the office rules. If it's the first time you've met that day, you say, Hello, how are you? If it's the second time, you say a restraint, uh, Hi. If it's the third time, you bring out the faux jovial, We must stop meeting like this. <laughs> At which point you both chuckle as if this witticism was freshly minted by the wittiest person in the world. You arrive back at your desk, having found nothing in your mailbox. You discover the office internet has crashed, the servers overwhelmed by the sheer quantity of correspondence about the Perth air conditioning crisis. Most of the emails in this final system-destroying wave consisted of people in Sydney sending enraged reply-all emails to the West Australians suggesting they stop misusing the reply-all function while posing the rather aggressive question, don't you Perth idiots know how email works? You decide to take some lunch, since the internet is down. You find yourself at the fifth floor lifts, trying to leave the building, but are stymied by the new security system, a system so advanced it won't let anyone do anything unless they hold their pass at precisely the right angle over the scanner. <laughs> While waiting for your colleague to come along, someone with a better security pass technique, you busy yourself reading the company notice by the lifts. It reveals the building is covered with inflammable cladding, which will be removed as soon as possible, subject to financial conditions. And the thought strikes, perhaps you should try to improve your security pass technique in order to be able to access the fire stairs in the inevitable emergency. Giving up on lunch, you return to your desk. Maybe you should use your lunch break to apply for holidays. Somehow you find you need one. Alas, due to cost savings, this can only be done via self-service internet portal and the net is still down. It means you also won't even be able to watch Utopia. And that's the news from nowhere. <laughs> uh, very good. Do you know I, I had one year in an office, Richard? Mm -hmm. The Department of Veterans Affairs. Oh. Mm -hmm. I had to arrange affairs for veterans. <laughs> <laughs> what, well, with people that missed out on the first trip to France right. in 1943? Yeah. <laughs> the original Tinder, was it? That's like right. That? <laughs> yeah, I got fired after ah, a year. Ah. Yeah, the, you're on probation for a year. This ah. is 1980 in Hobart. Ah. So a pretty happening department. Down there, <laughs> Department of Veterans Affairs, um, but um, luckily for um, comedy, I'm here today. <laughs> so uh, the veterans' uh, loss was comedy's loss. <laughs> uh, we need to uh, to check that you are up uh, with this week's news. We have Rebecca Day Unamuno, Anthony Akroyd, Gary Eck, of course. And yeah. here's the first question from this week's news: Who has deigned to be less than impressed with the Danes? Who has deigned? 
Mm. Oh, this is a this is a, President Trump's at it again, isn't he? Mm. It's just when you thought all oh, the jokes and the hijinks were over, here comes old knucklehead with one more. <laughs> uh, he's cancelled a trip to Denmark because Denmark uh, has basically the, the Danish Prime Minister has basically said that uh, <laughs> that he was um, absurd uh, for wanting to purchase green. See, I can't even say it. He, wanted he to announced to the world that he wanted to, America to buy Greenland. Greenland. Mm. Yeah. And he was about to go over there and negotiate it. It's just so stupid. <laughs> I can't even say it properly. I mean, I thought he must have mistaken Greenland for a fast food company. That's what I thought. So he must think, oh, hey, it serves green stuff. <laughs> it was like, I think it was such an outrageous, outrageous thing. And uh, she also called him a spoiled child, which I love. Because um, he, nothing makes his face go more orange. Have you noticed? than when he's, like, attacked personally, like when everyone was going on about how tiny his hands were. Like, I've never seen him more irate. Got nothing to do with, you know, foreign policy, water off a duck's back, but when it comes to attacking him personally and calling him names, which he's quite happy to return the favour on Twitter. Have you noticed that? He's quite happy to call people nasty Mm. and call them, you know, just... But as soon as you go him and attack his ego... It's just like watching, you know, a seawall crumble. It's just beautiful. But what do you think yeah. the idea? I mean, you could, we could, we could, we could sell him something, couldn't we? Well, he only, yeah. Queensland. We well, only wanted to. He wanted to buy. What about Tasmania? Tasmania, Tasmania. Anthony, Anthony could negotiate. Throw me in as well. We could throw in Tasmania, Anthony, and Gimpy. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I read he only wanted to buy Greenland because he wanted to rename it Orange Land <laughs> and uh, live there himself with all the other Oompa Loompas. You know, <laughs> it's going to be huge, people. Huge. I'm going to build a giant ice wall right around the island. It's going to be great. Keep out all those foreign penguins. We don't want those foreign penguins. Taking our fish, our fish. Those seals, they don't trust those seals. Navy seals, good people. Good people, Navy seals. I love the Navy seals. You've got to trust them. Yeah, great people. He really, he really got on a roll after, you know, I'm, I'm, I want to... By Greenland, <laughs> we can compare yours. Is, your, yours is much better. I, I feel like they're side down. No, yours is great. It's great. It's I'll move my lips. You do the voice. <laughs> <laughs> then he said, I, "I am the chosen one." Yeah, that's right. He said, and when, when he said, "I," he said, "Seriously," he said, "I am the." Cho-, he was talking about China, negotiating with China. He said, "I am the chosen one," and he looked skywards oh. as he said it. <laughs> then he said, "That's where he thinks Greenland yeah, is." Right? Yeah. <laughs> And all Jews should vote for him because he is the king of Israel. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the last king of the Jews didn't go that well. <laughs> I think we should fan this ego inflation because we're, we're starting to get somewhere with Trump. So I want to hear Trump saying, I'm standing on top of Trump Tower in a cape. I'm going to jump off. I can fly people. It's going to be huge. I am the chosen one. Splat. What a great day. But the judge, you love the Danes. Yeah. Because, see, Scott Morrison's all diplomatic and, you know, we have this... Well, there ain't nothing but a Dane. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing but a Dane. And um, they're, they're calling the, the, the uh, French, not the French, the, how did they get into this conversation? <laughs> the, Danish, <laughs> the Danish foreign minister, who could be French, um, called him a yeah, sport, uh, narcissistic fool, which I yep. think was fantastic. And, and said the, the, the proposal was absurd. Yeah, and then the, um, the Danish press said, if, if Trump were a clown in a circus... There might be some entertainment value, but he is meant to be a president, and I have turned into an Indian, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, accent spy. Ah, oh, the home Stop of accents. Strong suits, the <laughs> Home of accents. Thank God it's Friday. Uh, second question from this week's news: Which sock jock has gone into a sookie sulk? Oh, yeah. 
Which soft oh, job? This is our uh, Alan Jones going berserk. But you know, the, the, apparently his staff got really upset because uh, they played something on Media Watch where it was uh, what didn't actually go to air, but it was something about Alan Jones saying that you know Scott Morrison should give. Jacinta Ardern, you know, backhander. backhander and then Jones' reply was it was taken out of context, which I never, I don't, I'm not quite sure when it is in context. When you, maybe a tennis match, they would have got away with that. <laughs> a couple of backhanders, forehand, I'd accept that. But how can you say? So like, has has um, uh, Scott Morrison and Mrs. Ardern, Mrs. Ardern, have they played tennis at all? I, I, well, I'm assuming so, yeah. I mean, <laughs> For that comment. But I'm, I'm with you. I hate that out of context yeah. thing that you know, all these people come up with. It's like, you know, Hitler saying, I know I said I wanted to create an Aryan race and destroy all other people. It was taken <laughs> out of context. <laughs> Pretty good German accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 A lot of Indians yeah. in world <laughs> wars. Yeah, yeah. Who sound a lot like Trump. <laughs> But it's interesting too because he says he was um, missing. What he meant to say was to tell her to put a sock in it initially. And it's always what I meant to say, what I should have said. Based on the fact that he can't get the sentences right, shouldn't he be let go? Because he clearly can't do his job properly. Oh, because like, his job he... is being, well, yeah, mm, yeah, okay. But if that, if that was the rule <laughs> of radio. <laughs> but if that went, uh, Richard, I uh, we'd like to. Uh... My point. I think the words are after <laughs> Complete dickhead, I think. Uh, yeah, because yeah, I just think, just based on if he's constantly getting his words jumbled up and saying the wrong thing and meaning something else, so just by the basic rules of what a radio presenter is, isn't that mean? Doesn't that? Yeah, mean? but also, man, when you're on media watch, you got to take it on the chin. If you're in the radio business mm. and you're on media watch, yeah. gotta, hey, I've been on media watch. Yeah. I've been on. I was on media watch twenty years ago because they <laughs> did some research and they added up all. The, they looked at all the columnists and they did a mathematical study of how many times all the columnists used the word I. And I came in second. Wow. Was Alan Jones first? <laughs> Ask me the question, who was first? Who, who was, was first? first? Peter Fitzsimons. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you're talking from a personal story all the time, so that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Whereas yeah. Alan Jones would be you. Yeah. No, it took him out, they took me out of context. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. Uh, okay, which scientific study might prompt the question, how much can a koala bear? Oh, is this? This is this weird this story. This is a weird story. Yeah, weird. About it was, on, how it was on PM this week. Koa- certain koalas aren't eating the usual eucalyptus leaves, so they want them to eat a different lot of eucalyptus leaves. Is that right? Yeah. And well, they've had their habitat destroyed, yes. and so they move them to a fresh habitat, which has got gum leaves, which have been consumed by other koalas happily. But this yeah. group from that. Forest can't eat, eat these gum mm. leaves. So they want to encourage the koalas who won't eat the new gum leaves by fecal transplants. Mm. Is that just the words? Look at the expression on that man's face. So they, take, they, take, they take poo from the koalas who are successfully eating the trees, insert it insert into the koalas it. who are not, I mean, and they become, able to, they become able to digest the new leaves. And I'm, I'm, I mean, I don't like olives, but... <laughs> Yeah. We you have know, ways of making you eat the olive. You know, I don't like John Denver's music, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it fills up yeah. my senses. And if yeah. we go on a holiday, if we go on for a weekend in Melbourne, 
do we need to no, adjust ourselves to the local diet? There's a massive problem, though. I mean, you, if you can't get the koalas to eat the leaves, uh-huh. right, because they're yeah. discerning, they're very picky, how on earth are you going to tempt them with some poo? <laughs> like, you cannot make, no matter how hard you try, you cannot make poo appetising. You cannot, there's they, not a word you can put in front of poo. They don't eat the poo. <laughs> No, that they have to ins- give it. Yeah, yeah, but I don't, I, think think I, don't think I don't think it's a si- it's a situation of volunteers, please. <laughs> <laughs> But don't they? No, I think they, it's actually they, put they, into they a capsule. It oh, and they transplant it, and so that then that Syndrome. helps the, the koalas digest so the other the, type of gum leaves yeah. more efficiently. But I think and it is a capsule. They put it's a capsule. You actually got to digest yeah. it, though. You don't put it into the. Yeah, you do. Yeah, oh, you, do you? Yeah, because it's yeah. got to get in the gut. You guys know a lot about this. <laughs> <laughs> Almost too much about this. What do you guys do on the weekend with your binoculars? Let's just put it koala spotting. Well, there's one. Put it this way, Gary. I haven't always been lactose intolerant, but. <laughs> After a little procedure. <laughs> yeah, we've got to save these. Uh, we've got to save the quotes. No, no, it's a, I know it's a great idea. I just didn't realise it Whatever was it takes. Thing. Yeah, whatever it takes. Yeah. 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 Insert. It's actually a hopeful story. <laughs> or, we could, or we could stop destroying their habitat. Well, yeah, yeah. It is sad, isn't it, yeah. that they can't, the you know, crazy they can't eat other people's leaves. Thank God it's Friday. We have Rebecca de Unamuno, Gary Eck. And Anthony Aykroyd. Now, check out Anthony's new website. It's called creativecall.club, creativecall.club, and you can find out how you can use some creative tools to help all sorts of things in your life and Mm. business at creativecall.club. Now, let me ask this question. Psychologists have called for the school sports carnival to be made voluntary, arguing that it's humiliating to force children to compete if they are no good at sport. Have they got a point? Uh, And how did you go when it came to school sport, Rebecca? Oh, look, I I don't mean to brag, Richard, (laughs) but I'm I'm going to. Uh, I was actually very good at sport. Uh, I know you're all looking at me here in the audience now going, surely not. But I used to be fit and healthy. And, uh, no, I played played A-grade netball from the age of eight through to 21, including winning a state championship. <gasps> I uh, represented the Hills District and we won when I was 12 years old. Were you old. vicious? I was tough as... I, I <laughs> tore ligaments in my ankle and just got back on the court. None of this molly coddling with me. It was get back. I dislocated fingers. We'd play netball carnivals, like particularly the state championships. I wore through an in one pair of sneakers in one day of play. And this was back when uh, the carniv- carnival went for three days. And this is back when the shops weren't open on a Sunday. So my Dad had to drive around most of Sydney trying to find me a new pair of sneakers. And you'd play at the crack of dawn, like in winter netball, yeah? And there's so many photos of me holding my hand out to my mum with this angry look on my face because you pink my I've dislocated both pinkies numerous times. It's very rough. So this game. is not so much netball as world championship wrestling. That's right. Well, similar to it. I also played softball, I played touch uh, football, all at A grade level. Uh, I ra- made the regional finals in the 100 metres mm. and the 4 by 1. 100 metre relay. So you're one of those people who's making it humiliating for everybody else. I never, I never turned around to those that didn't win and said, I just No, laughed. but we felt no. it. We <laughs> felt it, Rebecca. No, we no, knew, we knew never, it. Never, never, never. I mean, you wouldn't look, but, but then my true nemesis, to, on, the, on the flip side of that, my true nemesis was the swimming carnival. That was tough because, I, A, I'm a terrible swimmer, a terrible swimmer. Put me in the pool, I'll probably drown. Uh, not to mention the fear of wearing a swimming costume in front of the entire school. Why they make young women do that is beyond me. Just everyone should just wear wetsuits 
or just, you know, jeans and a T-shirt. <laughs> now, that would be... Imagine winning the 100 metres freestyle fully clothed in a suit, Richard. That's a challenge. A, a poncho. A poncho, yes. You could wear a poncho if that's your preference. <laughs> it's an odd choice, but I'm with you on that. Here comes Richard uh, in the poncho. <laughs> The sombrero, the whole kitten caboodle, if you want to wear it, and and I think there's, I think we should ban swimming carnivals um, because, but but there's other ways. It's great for these kids that aren't competitive because then there's all these other creative outlets that you can use during sports carnivals. Because when I didn't participate in the swimming carnival, I was an excellent cheerleader. Oh, no. yeah, you've got to come up with inventive chants. You've got to dress like decide on a uniform that all of your house are going to wear. You know, they're just building human pyramids. Now that's a feat in itself, isn't it? Stay up on the top, you know, do well. So I say to all the kids who don't enjoy sport, there are other ways to relish in it without participating. Okay, but we were forced to, you know, my dad, we were forced to participate, we're... whether you're good or not. So I was in the swimming, right? And yeah. I couldn't swim very well. And so I, I went in the freestyle because you were forced to go in the freestyle. Mm. And uh, at, at about the sort of third, whatever they're called, lap. <laughs> Backwards and forth. Third lap. I was so exhausted. Like I was so exhausted. I broke into breaststroke. Now, well, that's fair enough. And then when I got a, then there was an argument because they said I was disqualified. Oh. Well, it's called freestyle. <laughs> I had chosen the style I was free to adopt. That, well, I think that's very clever. It for wasn't that alone. As o- an Aussie crawl race. No, for that alone, you should have been awarded first place. Yeah, See, well, but that's what I'm thinking. At least for debating skills. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the thing. And that's what the... Chi- when we competed in high school, we had a sister school with Kelso High uh, out Bathurst Way, and we would compete in all the sports and debating. Mm. There you go. So that was the option for the kids that weren't into the athletic side of it. We battled with our minds. Oh, Marvellous. Mm. What, what happened with the, uh, with, the, with the Ackroyd down there in Tassie? Um, well, I was a Commonwealth debating champion. Oh. Let's go. point that out. Sure. Mm. Um, but bragging's unattractive, don't you think? Well, it's the only brag I can do because I've got nothing for sports, so I thought I'd throw that in. Um, no, I, I, was, I was reasonably fit, but I hated the school carnival. Because I grew up in Hobart, it was freezing. Mm. You know, there'd be, you know, these big Neanderthal-type guys who'd take it really seriously and elbow you. And I think, actually, it was Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'd never get fifth in the cross-country. Never, And, you know, I, was, I just hated it every time it happened. And then it was a Catholic school I went to. And, ladies and gentlemen, this is a true story. I was touched by God. <laughs> Because one day, as we're gearing up for the, the school carnival, one of the nuns came up to me and said, Anthony, just come over here. Listen, we actually, you don't have to participate um, because you had your medical exam uh-huh. and you have a murmur of the heart. Uh-huh. And I said, oh, really? Okay, so I don't have to participate. So said, no, that's okay. You take it easy. And so for years, this went on. And I'd go home, ride my bike, and went to judo on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> And then for the school carnival, the murmur would just take me over, ladies and gentlemen. We had compulsory cadets, murmur of the heart. I just couldn't march eight hours a day. I'm sorry. And then my, when I was a young adult, I went to a doctor and he said, no, you have a functional murmur of the heart. It doesn't affect you at all. Oh. How different things could be. <laughs> Australia's Olympic... The, the loss to veterans' affairs and comedy was Australia's Olympic loss as well. Now seems. It now seems. Yeah, no, so some will say, you have your, it's your turn to do the washing up. Oh, dodgy ticker. <laughs> Don't want to aggravate my aorta. <laughs> Vex my ventricles. But, um, yeah, so that was, that was a fantastic... Um, what, what about in the Eck? Uh, the Eck uh, 
Well, system. Well, Gary looks fit. So. Gary looks fit. But look, first, I think kids. I think all kids. All kids should do sports carnival. I mean, you know, kid, there are kids out there who can't do maths, but they have to do maths even when they're bad at it yeah, yeah. and they fail, and that's humiliating. So I think if a child can sit in front of a TV screen or a screen for three hours, play Fortnite, running and jumping and killing imaginary things, then they can run around the oval for a couple of laps. That's my first thing. Not funny, but a good point. <laughs> the um, psychologists say you, you build up anxiety and fear and they, they end no, up, they no, end up, they end up hating sport for life. <laughs> ah, that's crap. Um... <laughs> and they also have a thing. They also for the maths people. They also have that thing called mathletics. You know, like and so they've now made them into sporting things anyway. Yeah, that's which true. Are competitive. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, couldn't I, do that. I had a murmur of the heart. So. I, had, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I did like sports carnivals. I, I must admit, I, long distance. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, long yeah. distance was my my pet event. And when I mean, when I mean. What I mean by that is that I would stay at home and the event would take place <laughs> a very long distance away, um, many miles. So I, was, I came first. I was very good at it. I would sometimes catch a train to another city. That's how, that's how long distance I was. Um, but I, no, I, I actually loved long distance and I, could never, I couldn't understand why kids who didn't want to do it but they had to do it would run and as soon as they got out of sight would duck behind a tree, yeah. wait for the whole group to return and then join the group. Yeah. But not try and win it, just kind of still come in last, like, <laughs> as if no one noticed. And we go, we, you're not even building up a sweat. You're wearing. Well, well a... I wasn't going to try to do that and come in first, was I? <laughs> <laughs> it would be obvious. But they were wearing their school shoes and jackets. Like, they don't even try to take it off. <laughs> I mean, I never got into sprint events because I was kind of Ooh, skinny. That and, and that was, oh, no, sprint. I, I didn't understand why you would want to do something quickly. That made, why, who wants to clean their room quickly, pay their tax on time fast? So the idea of that, and it was always dominated by those, you know, those year eight kids who would by then had beards and full of testosterone and, you know, quads yeah. the size of elephants. Yeah, you got yeah. no chance. You know, they would shot put the teacher and, yeah. <laughs> and there I am, you know, all of like, you know, 10 kilos. <laughs> Got no chance. But yeah, the answer is uh, I did like sports carnivals. Yeah. Well, the answer is we only have one true sports. Oh, don't yeah. read us. Think no. what Australia could have witnessed if I'd kept going. <laughs> no, I didn't grow. That was why netball I got dropped from the rep team because everybody grew and I'm still just five foot. So that's why, <laughs> so that's why I got dropped from the so team. So you suddenly stopped growing, right? I, yeah, just stopped growing up. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God it's Friday with Richard Glover. We have Rebecca Day Unamuno, Anthony Aykroyd and Gary Eck and our wonderful audience. Thank you for coming. Now, are you ready? Are you ready for the Wheel of Death? Are you ready for the Wheel of Death? Each week when our audience comes in here, they throw these random topics onto this chocolate wheel and today's topics are de facto meditation, basketball, Fitbit, lifts, buckets, Boris Johnson, trains... <clears throat> Tender, dusk, chocolate, camping, bugle, silver, and we're back to de facto. Which feels you're full of fear, Rebecca Day Unamuno? Oh, uh, de facto, because I'm not good at relationships, <laughs> and <laughs> Boris Johnson, because he's not good at relationships. <laughs> round and round and round it goes. Where it stops, nobody knows. Today's topic on the wheel of death for Rebecca is silver. Silver is the topic. Ooh, silver. Who who gave us silver? Silver. 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 Oh, what sort of nice. silver? Okay. Any sort of silver. Any sort silver. of silver. I think I've got silver. something in mind. Silver. Mm. It's always important to embrace the ageing process. 
When you look in the mirror that first day around about age 42, or in my case, 43, and you notice a little shining glimmer on your skull that you hadn't noticed before. You know what I'm talking about, a little strand that just manages to catch the light and illuminate your entire head. I'm talking about that very first silver hair that you find. Now, rumour has it, and maybe an old wife's tale, that you shouldn't pluck a grey hair because once you do, 17 come back to take its place. Well, I stood there with my tweezers, proudly standing before the mirror, determined not to let this one silver hair take over my entire cranium. And I stood there and I tried to catch it. Do you know how difficult it is to catch a single hair with a pair of tweezers? (laughs) Trust me, I've done it several times and it's hard. I kept plucking out all the good ones. (laughs) Suddenly I've got an entire sink full of the black and one remaining silver hair still there taunting me. Eventually, I grabbed it. Next day, I woke up, got out of bed, went straight to the mirror, and there were 974 others. (laughs) They were right. Anyway, I learnt to just stop the dying process. And by that, I don't mean dying as in expiring. I meant dying your hair process. I decided to let it grow out a la naturelle, as the French would say, or as Donald Trump might try. (laughs) And now, every time I look in the mirror and I notice all those crow's feet and the bags and the defined laugh lines, I'm quite proud that sitting atop my head is a crown made of silver. I don't want gold. I'll leave that for the young athletes who can run cross-country in 400 (laughs) metres and 100 metres. I'm just happy to have my silver because every hair has earned its respect. Every hair that's decided to remain in my head should be rewarded for it. (laughs) So embrace the silver. Wear it proudly. And I can't wait for the day when young people, rather than trying to get red streaks, blue streaks, balayage and foils, suddenly rest upon the fact that they'd like to dye their hair a nice shade of Drano. (laughs) (laughs) So embrace the silver. Hold it tight. You can call it that or maybe (laughs) off-white. Competitive. How does she do it? Now that's amazing, isn't it? The lady here throws this topic in amongst the other topics, and you do that. I can't believe it. Fantastic, isn't that wonderful? Uh, we have the uh, we have uh, Rebecca Day Unamuno, Anthony Ackroyd, and Gary Eck here. Now, on the quiz program, hard quiz, the most niche topic ever is about to feature with a contestant who claims he knows everything about toenails. If you went on a hard quiz, what would be your very narrow topic of expertise and what would be the killer fact with which you'd be armed? Gary Eck. Mm, uh, not toenails. Um, <laughs> that's a good one, though. Why, how would you specialise and why would you want to get into toenails? I mean, I don't know if there are many questions. Well, the very first, I know the first question they're going to ask is about, uh, you know, some princess, English royalty, painted her toenails. What colour is the yeah, question? Right. He gets yeah. it right. How, how often do you clip your toenails? 
That's a good question. <laughs> Five times. <laughs> um, look, I'd, I've got a few little specialty topics uh, that I think are quite niche. Daydreaming. Yeah. I'd be, yeah. they'd be going, you know, Gary, can you explain daydreaming? And I'd respond, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> you know, Gary, we want you to stare blankly in no particular direction while your wife asks you important questions about an upcoming family event. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Top car parking spots of Sydney. Oh, okay. Yeah. Are you, a, are you a gifted yeah, parker? Are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you want to go to the city for a couple of hours, don't want to pay for parking. I know exactly the spot just around Woolloomooloo, side street, two hour parking, one hour parking sometimes. But generally speaking, I can get two hours. Correct. <laughs> you do uh, the Rockstar Park, do you? I know the Rockstar Parks, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're a bit of a walk, as long as you don't mind a bit of a walk, like maybe 10 kilometres. <laughs> Um, park just behind Parramatta Station, just a 15k walk to the city, Rockstar Car Park. Um, the only thing is a weird thing in television drama, the way they get to park outside the place they're going all the time. Yeah, yeah. All the time. Right. All the time. Well, in reality, in Sydney, you park five times. Yeah. You, a, you drive through five tolls, toll roads yeah. in traffic jammed traffic and then finally arrive and park five kilometres away. But the worst is if you ever go to the country, like I was in Griffith recently, and there's just one street, like one, and people refuse to park anywhere but outside the shop. Like, the guy's driving around going, mate, just here is fine. We're, we're, we're 10 metres away. Yeah. No, nah, man, I don't want to get right out the front. <laughs> I, want, I, want, I want to be able to open the door and just stagger into the shop, all right? I'm not, I'm not walking 10 metres. Um, and my, fi- my final uh, special... I'm not going to walk two metres. Where, where are you from, mate? The city. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're in your fancy 15k parks. <laughs> Um, yeah, my final speciality would be uh, binge-watching Netflix programs. Uh-huh. Yeah, that would be like, uh, and go. And then 15, <laughs> hour, then 15 hours later, correct. correct. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Aykroyd, what's your special topic? Oh, well, anyone who knows me knows that I'm a massive David Bowie fan. Uh-huh. So my specialty would be obscure, not the obvious, but obscure David Bowie facts in... <laughs> I'm willing to lay this on the line, Richard, and I will ask um, three questions now Uh of the audience. Of the audience, okay. If any audience member knows the answer to any of them, I'll give them one album from my prize David Bowie collection. Shouldn't this be the other one? Have we got any David Bowie fans in? Any David Bowie fans? (laughs) Yeah, we've got some. Oh, okay. All right, this is good. Okay, Okay, game game on. Are you ready? What's. I'll take those a yes. When did David Bowie cut his toenails? <laughs> David Bowie wants to stare into space. In the song Gene Genie, we all know Gene Genie, that's mm-hmm. the easy mm-hmm. part, which line inspired the name of a well-known band? Um. The line is, he's so simple-minded he can't drive his uh. module, which provided the inspiration for the members of... Module. <laughs> module. <laughs> Who could forget module? They were great. Oh, Coming up, fantastic. module. I, I saw them live. They were brilliant. Oh, they were great. <laughs> uh, the band Simple Minds, and they changed their names. The original name was Johnny and the Self Abusers. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's absolutely true. I think. So, that's... thank you, David, for yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Question two. During his time in L.A. in the 70s, why did David Bowie keep a vial of his own urine in his refrigerator? (laughs) (laughs) He was just taking the piss? (laughs) 
He was warding off evil spirits because he was living on a diet of milk, chilies, and enormous amounts of cocaine. <laughs> and that's what happens, apparently, if you combine all those things. Number three. This is the final one, your final chance to win one of my prized albums. What charitable, what charitable organisation did David Bowie found at the age of 17? A charitable organisation. And you can see a BBC mm. interview of David talking about it at the age of 17. So presumably in the UK, right? In, in the, the UK, yeah. 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 Okay. Is it famous now? Not really. It was the Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Long-Haired Men. Of which Gary and I are members. I get to keep my albums. You get to keep your albums. OK, very good. Uh, Rebecca, you're, you're on with Tom. It's yeah. hard quiz. He says, what's your niche topic? What do you uh, say? No, I, I just, I want to, I've actually seriously been, because I put this as a Facebook post not long ago saying that I'd love to go on hard quiz. And everyone's like, yeah, do it, do it. But I know Tom really well, and I think we'd just have a go at each other the whole time. Well, that's the show. Really, that's be, the show, though. Which would be really fun, but no questions would be answered. Uh, I thought, Happy Days, because I've recently ah. watched the entire series of Happy Days, every episode. And then a guy went on, and his topic, Happy days. Oh, and you know what? He was crap. And I knew all the answers. I was so disappointed. So I was like, oh, OK, so I'm going to have to come up with another one. So you were at so, home screaming at the television. Yeah, I yeah. was screaming at the television. So recent, I now have uh, 20 episodes to go of watching every episode of Prisoner. Oh. Or Cell Block H to those from the from the UK. I have been watching two episodes a day for ages, right? And I've got twenty to go. It's so exciting. Well, it's a life. It is. Did I did I mention I'm single? Um, after you've after you've given up netball. <laughs> When, when I have downtime, I have real downtime because I do travel and tour a lot and I'm working late at night and everything. So when I come home at one o'clock in the morning, how do you fall asleep? Watching Prisoner. It's great for that. Um, so, my, <laughs> so my obscure fact would be, let's see, I'm gonna, I've got nothing to give away because mm. I've got nothing. So, um, <laughs> but if anybody knows the answer to this, which legendary Australian actor appeared in both the first and the last seasons of Prisoner playing two separate bad characters. This would be the one I'd win this. I'd win. Tom would just go, oh, she's never going to get on, but so yeah. going to get it. So this actor is in He's both the first He's a legendary Australian actor. He plays two in each. He plays one, an evil character in the first season yeah. and then in the final season he oh, plays okay. a, a different Evil character. Oh, he must be Who versatile. Mm. So yeah. versatile. <laughs> when, I give you, when I give you the answer, <laughs> you're going to realise versatility may not be a strong suit. It's Leonard Teal. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's Ed Devereaux. Um. It is Alf Stewart himself, oh. Ray Ma. Ray oh, Ma. Right. See, oh. versatility. He's mm. played Alf for 912 oh. years. Hmm. Well, that went well. Um. <laughs> But I'd win. I'd win. I'd take the cup home. Thanks for playing. Hard. (laughs) Now, an American man who accidentally tossed $23,000 into the recycling bin was reunited with his life savings this week after a worker at the recycling facility in North California spotted a shoebox stuffed with money, found it, gave it back to him. What have you thrown out that you came to regret or are you a hoarder, never throwing out anything? Rebecca. I, the other day, regretted throwing out a juicer 
that I purchased. I purchased a juicer about four years ago and it sat on my kitchen bench collecting dust for four years. And then well, I went, Why did you buy it if you weren't going to juice? Well, because it was a whim purchase. Mm-hmm. Just, it was just on a whim. Decided I'd buy it and I'd be juicing every day. And then I went, oh, that's too much effort. So I did it. I just let it sit there. And then about not long ago, I threw it out. And then I've recently read this book about drinking celery juice every morning. It's meant to be fantastic health benefits and all that kind of stuff. And I got through the book and I went, I know what I'll do. I'll make celery juice. And then I realized... What are you expecting it to do? Make you grow taller? (laughs) Well, yeah, hopefully. No, it's meant to be fantastic for for all these health properties. So I thought, I'll I'll get it. And then I... I realised I'd thrown it out. So then I began to scour all the local cafes in my area asking, could they get make me a celery juice? And I have never... It's like I asked, would they like a faecal transplant? <laughs> <laughs> I, I have never seen such... The correct answer so to which is, do I look like a koala? <laughs> I'm just sitting, and I went up to this one um, cafe, which is just down the road from me, and, uh, and I said, um, I'd like a medium celery juice, please. And she just stared at me and I repeated myself. And she said... Would you like it mixed with something else? And I said, no, I would just like the celery juice. And she stared at me longer and she went, um, no, we can't do that. And I said, do you have celery? She said, yes. I said, do you have a juicer? She said, yes. I said, and are you a juice bar? She said, yes. I then she wanted, she said, but I'd have to charge you double. Is celery on the... It's not like why, I why asked can't you, you... You should have asked for a pineapple and celery juice. Hold the pineapple. <laughs> oh, I didn't think... Of you don't know how to operate in Sydney. I didn't think of that. I've only so thought of that. So obvious. But it's not like I asked for a truffle sandwich, was it? Like, I just... Like, celery. How expensive is celery these yeah. days? She just... But it was that looking at me. No. No. We, we can't do that. So I regret throwing out the juicer. I yeah, really don't do. throw out that juicer. Anthony Eckwood, no. are you a hoarder or are you a thrower? Listen, I'm usually a hoarder. And the one time I decided to be brave and throw something out that I actually wanted to keep, this is what happened, ladies and gentlemen. Ripple dissolved no. as we go back to Anthony's past. Um, sometimes, and maybe the guys here, when your significant other is away... Um, you lash out, you go crazy when you're a middle-aged man. And uh, so I bought some um, tamari-flavoured almonds. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was going to be cocaine and hookers. <laughs> <laughs> and a vial of my own urine. But, uh, <laughs> so I got a really big packet of tamari almonds. And almonds are a health food, like celery, but you're meant to have four or five. Uh, I couldn't stop. They were so delicious. I couldn't stop eating them. And things were happening to my bowels. I was... Producing extreme weather events in the. <laughs> and I thought, I've got to get rid of them, you know. So I, I thought, be dramatic. So I put them in the rubbish bin. I, it was rubbish night, so I took the, the rubbish bin out. And then I went to bed. And I couldn't stop thinking about the tamari. <laughs> and then I had this thought no one will ever know. <laughs> so I got out a torch. <laughs> Went out the front door and started dumpster diving in my, my, my own garbage bin. And true story, the neighbour's light came on. <laughs> and I saw him the next day and he said, oh, I'm not getting much work, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs>
never uh, throw anything out. If you want to eat that many uh, and without affecting your gut, yeah. you've got to find someone who's already eating that much of that product <laughs> and using Transplant. some new technologies. Make sure your gut is ready. But I just don't understand why you'd put tamari with almonds. <laughs> Sorry, she's back. She's <laughs> you've got to let it go. <laughs> Gary, are yeah. you a hoarder or a thrower? Well, look, you know, uh, Marie Kondo has changed our household. I wouldn't say for the better, but um, my wife loves Marie Kondo. Like, you know, you know the, the principle, right? You, you, you take an object and you hold it and you have to say, does it spark joy? And if not, you let it go. And my wife, she was holding this jumper and she's like, oh, does it spark joy? And I'm like, well, think about it carefully. And then she's like, no, and she threw it out. The only problem was I was wearing the jumper. <laughs> and uh, I was quite insulted, to be honest. I found myself on council pickup. And, um, I've been at Vinnie's for three weeks. No one's even looked at me, Richard. I'm very disappointed. But uh, <laughs> I am a bit of a hoarder, I must admit. I love hoarding. Yeah. You know, I, don't know what it's a, I don't know what it's about. It's, it's, I think you know, one day there's going to be an apocalypse and you know, alien invasion and there's going to be a big announcement. Is there anybody out there who has kept three boxes of 1980 VHS cassettes of popular movies? <laughs> Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yes, I can help you. I can help you. I have Princess Bride on VHS. <laughs> But it's never going to happen, so out it goes. Out it goes. Out it goes. Who were the winners and losers of this week? Gary Eck. Uh, look, the winners, I, I love the royal family, the, you know, uh, Prince Harry and, and Meghan Markle, because of all the backlash of catching private jets and mm-hmm. stuff, they caught um, a budget airline to Scotland. Like a, kind of the like royals a, flew economy. Uh, they flew economy. They flew economy like, in a, like a jet star, but without the star. That's how they even went down a notch, and, which is so bizarre. I mean, imagine just hopping on the plane and like, oh, that's... Excuse me, Duchess Sussex. I think you're in seven C. I'm in seven D. Um, I think that's my seat. I mean, I mean, surely they would get the exit road, don't you reckon? A bit of a bump up there, and uh... they're at the doorway saying, "You mean you can turn right?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Who are the winners and losers, uh, Anthony? Well, the loser of the week is George Pell's travel agent. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to go to Rome? (laughs) You've got so many frequent liar miles. Come on. And the winner is our justice system, ladies and gentlemen. Sometimes it gets it right. Yeah. Rebecca, winners and losers. Uh, my winner, I never thought I'd say this, but Taylor Swift is my winner of the week. Mm. Not for her music, but because um, she was in this stash with her former manager slash music executive who ended up acquiring, who she accused of bullying, and she, he ended up acquiring all of her albums yeah, 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 yeah. through a major purchase. Well, she's come up with a brilliant idea. Taylor Swift is going to re-record all of her songs and make albums that he can't touch. Yeah. Good on her. Good on, her. Good on yeah. Taylor Swift. Good on the Australian justice system. <laughs> yeah. And good on Rebecca De Unamuno, Anthony Ackroyd and Gary Eck. <laughs> Thank you for being part of Thank God It's Friday next week. Mandy Nolan, Rob Carlton and Gene Kitson. Music from Mick Conway and his National Junk Band. Google ABC TJF to join the audience or subscribe to the podcast. Until then, I'm Richard Glover. Thank God it's Friday! Yeah!